What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath, and we are just getting started this week. I wanted to bring on a different voice from the Juice team in this one. I wanted to catch up with our director of sales, Kate Van Loo, who has been out on the streets having conversations with people like you about the juice, content distribution, and a lot of other topics. I wanted to dig in, get an update for her. We're not even two years old. Wanted to find out from a sales perspective what it's like selling a product that's not even two years old, the good, the bad, the ugly, and what you all are saying about content distribution. We dropped the content distribution fast pass earlier this week. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to check that out. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, all the buttons, most importantly, telemarketing pal, you're enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up? Welcome back to the show. Have a a new voice here at the Juice, uh, a, a friendly older voice here who hasn't been on an episode probably since she joined. But I was sitting and I was reflecting on what we were working on, and I felt like you know what, it would be good to bring Kate back on to talk about sales in the market and talk about what she's hearing. And I feel like that would one be beneficial to anyone out there listening who's in a sales role. But two, probably be helpful for any marketer out there who can relate with maybe some of the things Kate is going through with her conversations on the customer and prospect side. But without further ado, Kate, how's it going? Welcome back. Going well. Thanks, Brett. Glad to be here. Can we maybe start here? I I think you have, you've been at the juice for a while now. We aren't even two years old as a business. We are, we've created a new product that there's not many things like us. I think maybe things, platforms do similar things, but we're kind of a one of a kind solution for now. Um, and I think that's always good, but it also can be a little challenging when you're trying to have conversations to get people to buy your new thing. So maybe like, start there. Like we're not even two years old. How would you describe your experience in being a sales professional trying to sell what we have to offer at the juice? Yeah, that's a good question and kind of a fun question to answer. It is unlike any other sales experience I've ever had in that it's kind of like the playbook goes completely out the window. Um, everything you, you, learn and practice about the right way to run a sales call. Maybe not everything, but a lot of things don't apply or aren't possible. We're not a known solution. It's not someone approaching the conversation as a prospect who says, you know, I I know I need you know, we're starting to experiment with, with ABM and that's, you know, we're looking for a vendor and it's a completely different conversation when you're spending so much time educating and still trying to balance, you know, the standard discovery questions, understand what makes someone tick and what's important to their business. You still have to fit in all of those things in a call. But you're also spending a lot of time answering answering questions about what in the world it is that we're doing over here. And uh, so it definitely shifts 
it shifts this the strategy of the call quite a bit. And it's also, you know, again, because it's often, I mean, I think we've built a great brand thanks to uh, thanks to you and and just our team and our presence in the last couple of years. And that definitely helps. But again, because someone's not looking for our solution necessarily, you know, you started a much different, different place in a call than you otherwise might. So I, I think what I hear there is there's been a lot of uh, in startup land, especially with something new that's just been built. There's a lot of experimentation with how we sell try to throw some stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Maybe like over the your course of time at the juice, how would you maybe describe the evolution of our sales process? Do you what like what sort of things have you learned about what we do and what the market wants in kind of over the past year? Yeah, I think you know, I love to tinker with stuff and change things and like make new decks and stories and you and I have worked on you know, a handful of these together, even in the last couple of years, if not last few months, and just trying to iterate on the best way to deliver a message. At the end of the day, there's this things that resonate and things that don't. And it's funny how often I find myself coming back to what I talked about, like in my first week with people when I, you know, so we get smarter, we're so much smarter than we were two years ago, but there's still the same things that, that resonate and the same things that work that keep coming back. And it's always funny to realize that I can play with a sales presentation all day or the messaging or whatever it is. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think that it's the value of the platform that has been um, consistent, which is important. And it, you know, it makes you remember that just kind of like a a little bit of a back to basics mentality is important in this role. So I feel like, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like ever since there was structure around like the four areas that we folk, our product focus on can make you as a marketer better in, I just feel like a lot of how we've communicated about what we do makes a lot more sense and maybe resonates quicker. So like for anyone, we've probably done some episodes on this, but brand awareness, audience growth, content distribution, and demand generation are like the four buckets. How do you leverage those areas that you know our product helps supports when you're like having your initial conversations when you're doing discovery? Because I would imagine based on different size businesses, different roles in businesses, some people care about some of these things, some people care about all these things. Like, how are you managing those things up front when you're having those initial calls um, with just people that might be a little bit curious about what we're doing at the juice? That's a good question. And it really depends on who I'm talking to uh, and also how they run their their business and how they run their marketing team and how their leadership thinks about their marketing um, team and its value and purpose. I think that regardless of, of those metrics, there's a like a core belief in what constitutes good content and what constitutes the right type of content distribution and the importance of content distribution. And obviously we know at the juice, what we believe is the right way is the, is the friendly way is the frictionless way, just like the way to do it. Right. And I think that, you know, a lot, I I think that most 
gosh, 95% of the people that I talk to, and it's been hundreds of marketers feel the same way, but can't always, can't always live that, right? Not everybody's leadership believes in building a brand. Not everybody's leadership understands how content relates to brand building and, and maybe just wants to see a lead output at the end of the day. So yeah, the great thing about what we've come to realize are our value metrics as the juice for our, our customers is that we not only are this really obvious, cool brand building content distribution platform. And at the end of the day, that's what gets everybody excited. I mean, I was mentioning like thinking about what resonates now is the same thing that resonated a year ago. It's just the pains of content distribution. I mean, that's really what it amounts to is just finding better ways to get your content in front of the right people. And it it continues to come back to that every time, but having then the validation that supports that, that can sometimes just be like a gut thing for, for someone, for a marketer, but be able to also then measure the value. And now that we're smart enough to really know what that looks like, it's hugely helpful to translate kind of internally on other teams we're working with and and help people justify just what the, the juice um, channel looks like. So I, I feel like part of the justification for you and maybe some of the, I, we haven't talked about this for a while, so why not talk about it on a podcast? Uh, one of the battles I know you dealt with earlier, which I feel like just as a growing business, we are trying to do two separate things that are very important. One is grow this audience of sales and marketing professionals that are members and using the juice. And the other is bring in brands so they can use the juice to distribute their content and connect with these members. Now, these targets are constantly moving. We're constantly trying to increase them. But like as a marketer, I feel like when we're talking about audience size, just the mindset of most traditional marketers are like, quantity, 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 no matter you tell them we got 20,000 sales and marketing professionals on the platform, it's never going to be quite enough. So I guess like there's been this theme that's kind of been brought up to the surface recently, which I think is a really good one. And then that's like, all right, well, how can we focus like everything we do with our content more around like quality, getting it in front of the right accounts and the right people, as opposed to this batch and blast strategy where it get a lot of people see it, but it could be like our friends of friends of friends on LinkedIn that it doesn't really matter if they see it or not. So I guess this idea of like quantity versus quality, I know it's challenging because like most coming, most of the, what's coming down from the top is like, we need more, we need volume. But I think the secret sauce inevitably of kind of what we bring to the table is not necessarily like batch and blast, but it's connecting your content with your ICP or your ideal, ideal, you know, customer profile. How, how do you like, that's like a heavy topic. And that's like a philosophy shift for, for many marketers. Like, how are you having conversations about that? And I I'm sure there's a ton of roadblocks and I'm sure there's a ton of struggles, but just share kind of what you're learning on that front. Yeah. I mean, first I'll say I almost like, it makes me laugh because I have such a, and not just me, like salespeople have a really interesting point of view on some of these conversations because I have the opportunity to see what maybe marketers say publicly about what's important to their, to building their business. There is a whole public theme around 
the right way to build a brand and not everything should be measured. And, and, you know, I've talked to a lot of those people individually, privately, and it's not, it, that's not what you hear from them when you're in a call. It doesn't mean that there's, there's not a good way to strike a balance. I think that's what it, what it comes down to. Cause I also talk to a lot of marketers who want to, want to focus on ungating content or want to, have a podcast, want to build a brand and understand what that means and that there's short-term and long-term gains there, but not everybody's leadership team feels the same way and supports that. So it kind of goes both ways. And it's interesting to have some different points of view on that, that I'm exposed to. But I think just what I said, I think it's just, it's an important balance. I mean, I think there are channels there are there are channels that are meant to, you know, give someone the opportunity to fill out a form and and become a lead. And you know, we I think all know what that often looks like, and we expect certain volumes and certain conversion rates from those uh, channels and from those content pieces, maybe and opportunities, and and that's okay. I think obviously we believe what we do at the Juice that that is just so old and boring and that the jig is up and like, come on, you know, how many people are really still doing that frequently? But, but then I think just for diversification's sake, then, you know, you have the juice as a channel that is going to find that audience for you that wants to be on the juice and is on the platform for access to content. We know that they are top tier content consumers because they're there these are the most engaged individuals that there are. We have them there. And then we're able to boil it down to the exact right fit individuals and kind of remove the clutter and the the guesswork. Takes a lot of time for a sales team to come through a thousand leads for 10 conversations. It's, you know, it's just, again, I think there's, there can be more than one right way, but I think uh, and I think we're biased, but there's something to be said for starting a relationship in the right way, a relationship with a brand in the right way, and just, yeah, having a quality audience. I, I would love to know. I, I feel like, although I know it's, especially in this climate, especially selling a new product, especially when budgets are getting frozen, it's a challenge to you know, bring on new customers likely at the pace that you know, a sales professional wants to regularly. But with that said, there has been plenty of really fun and exciting, innovative, forward-thinking brands that have you've had a conversation with, several conversations with, and they maybe even one conversation with, and they said, you know what, this is for me. I want to come on board. I want to be part of the juice. Talk a little bit about a bit about the profile of those marketers and what are the things that they hear or that they see from you that resonate and make them move and not drag their feet and not be someone that you're chasing, you know, every other quarter or every quarter? Yeah, I think that it's a it's a trait, but then it's also someone that's maybe a little bit more free of like someone who believes what we believe, I think, first of all, a a marketer, a team that's creating a lot of content, 
or enough content, um, and maybe are really focusing on content strategy when it comes to really brand building, believes in ungated content. I mean, not always, but I think that, that, uh, or, or wants to start ungating and, and maybe growing their audience beyond the way that it currently exists. I think it's the marketers that tend to be, have a little bit more of a, a shake shit up kind of mentality. But I think it's it's an it's a personality, but it's also a brand personality. Again, I said this a minute ago, but there's so many marketers who are like, I wish I was allowed to do cool stuff. I'm not allowed to do cool stuff. And obviously we all have budgets and uh, businesses to grow in the right way and whatnot. But but yeah, there's there's definitely a personality and just a willingness, I think, and like a scrappiness for about the marketers and the teams that are excited about moving forward and also just really get it and then usually have great content on top of it and see a lot of a lot of success. I mean, I think the thing that we do have, one of the things we have in our favor too is just we're a very efficient channel compared to many others. So, you know, I think it makes good, you know, it often makes good financial sense as well. But I think, you know, we tend to, people that are similar to us, people who are just want to be everywhere and do everything and build their brand and do it in the right way and make friends and, and all that good stuff. I've been thinking a lot about just like the channel of the juice and like a medium, like the a podcast and how, Chances are, if you, I, I would say you, you talk to, we both talk to a lot of marketers and I would say most of the marketers we talk to, if you were to ask them the question, like, do you think your company should have a podcast? Mostly all of them will say, yes, we should be doing this. We should be doing it to share our point of view, bring in different members of the team, curate people in the audience. However, a lot of the times these conversations are brought to the table, but leadership, you know squashes them because they say like, well, how are we going to get leads from this? How are we going to prove out the ROI? Then they just, they, they end up don't doing it because they can't do it. Where I think more progressive brands who maybe do have a podcast, their leadership understands like, this is a long game. This is a brand building play. Like through this journey, you're going to meet people. And those people might not become customers tomorrow, but you maintain those relationships. They'll eventually think of you and your brand when they have a problem that your product solves. So I think a lot of the maybe restriction on some of these marketers today are executives or leadership who have been so stuck when thinking about marketing, thinking about it in a new way and have not been able to kind of open their eyes because they have so many other things going on to think about change and what that change would do or trust the people who are telling them to make that change. Um, And I guess like, I know you don't get a chance to chat with like CEOs every day and, or maybe like CMOs or that sort of thing. But I don't know, like what, what sort of things I'm sure you talk to people who report up to them, like what sort of things have, do you, do you say, like, do you feel like you've done all you can at some point you've hit a wall and nothing you say is going to break through because of how leadership is maybe like talk a little bit about that dynamic that you have where you're not quite able to get to the decision maker. And that decision maker is probably the one holding their marketers from back from using the juice. Well, first I, we have several customers, Brett, who I talk to for the first time, the, our, our admin and the individual at the 
at the company that we work with that was at a different company and wasn't able to move forward because they were restricted from mm. when one reached another from, from anything that didn't show an immediate list of leads, basically. And I'm talking immediate. I'm not talking, you know, over time. I'm talking like that are now, you know, they've moved organizations and now have that understanding and that freedom and that are now customers of ours. So that's, I don't know, that says a lot, but I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it does get to a certain point where you just have to say, you know, we just might not be a good fit. I think again, I love a good fight and I love, and I mean, like there's a way to do this and, and, and prove that it works again. This isn't a, this isn't like a huge chunk of budget for anyone. This isn't uh, a huge financial investment. It's, and it's very efficient and there's a lot of value in the juice. And so I think that there's a, often a good way to say, let's give it a try and let's show that it works and let's get that buy-in. And so we've had a lot of um, kind of success doing that. But again, sometimes, you know, you have to have somebody on the team who, who believes in it and maybe whose mind is broader than, um, uh, you know, asking uh, what the list of email address is going to look like afterwards. You know, that's just a little bit of um, just a signal that, that it's not, you're not probably in the, in the same place as them. And you just, you'll talk to them when they come back around. So, yeah. So I, I want to maybe close out by talk. We, uh, everybody in their role at the juice is doing a lot of experimentation and I think one of the things when you're selling software inevitably is a factor is like the price, right? Price to value. And I think, you know, we've gone through a couple iterations and we were just on a call uh, or we were just talking before I hit record and you're just like, yeah, we're kind of changing our, <laughs> changing our pricing. And I was like, oh, cool. So maybe like talk a little bit about that decision, like the why behind it and like what, like, what do you, like the intention of changing pricing, like what will that do maybe for the conversations that you've been having that might've hit a wall that might otherwise go in a different direction? Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I think that first of all, yeah, we're, we're just, I think if you are stagnant for too long on anything at the stage of business that we're in, you're making a mistake. So yeah, I mean, we, we've changed pricing, we've changed, we've changed a lot of things. And I think it's just important to be aware of what's happening in the market and what the response looks like. And, um, you know, part of it's definitely just, again, the market, what's going on around us. And, and we know that there are, you know, budget cuts and and things like that, that we're all hearing about, I think right now. And so we want to make sure that we're adjusting a little bit accordingly. I don't think the juice has ever been an unreasonable, you know, from a financial standpoint, but just making it maybe a little bit easier. Also, I think just mirroring the ease of our platform. I mean, the fact that like nobody has marketers, teams don't have to do anything for us to, distribute their content on their behalf beyond what they're already doing today. There's literally no lift for a marketing team to take advantage of the juice. And so I think it's important that the rest of our business also mirrors that ease. And that includes, you know, the ability for us to have a pricing page that we now have that's published on our website where people can sign up directly themselves without talking to me or talking to anyone else on our team. And also just making it an easy decision 
you know, why the just making it that no brainer where, yeah, we're able to extend the reach of their content by tens of thousands of times. That's an easy decision to make. So just some of those things and just trying to be generally quick on our feet, I think. Go check out the new pricing page uh, live on the site. Shout out. We're, we're, plug, we're plugging it. So uh, go check it out. Uh, make, hypothetical to close this out. Let's say you're in a, a call with a marketer who is totally gets it. We'll, we'll call that marketer a modern day marketer who totally gets it, understands the game that they want to play and what the juice is playing. And, but then they're having kind of uh, the roadblock is their, their boss or their boss's boss, but you're in this situation where they've wrangled up their boss to be a part of the call. And that boss is highly skeptical because it's, we're not set up to give them hundred new leads every Tuesday or every Wednesday or whenever they want them. Like what, what sort, like if you have access to that decision maker, like what would be like, what would be like the number one point or two that you would say to them that try to get them to break through, to see what the individual on their team already sees. So what I do is I will try to find out who the top content producers, maybe your personalities are tied to that brand. If they do or do not have a podcast, regardless, there's, I mean, Brett, you're the face, you're the face of the juice. I mean, people don't know me attached to the juice. They know you attached to the juice and whether a brand has a podcast or not, it is probably the CEO, the CMO. There's some, there's a personality we probably have a creator page for. We probably have their own individual content for, and they're, is a moment where heads start to nod there because I think everybody understands whether it's through like ungated content that's thought leadership and, and meant to be educational and not meant to be keyword filled and is supposed to, you know, build a brand in the right, it, build some brand awareness. Um, just as a, as a result, I think that there is an understanding of the human being being so important in the human beings thought leadership leading the organization. And I think that um, regardless of who the decision maker is, that's, that is often a light bulb moment where we can speak to how important individual content creators are on the juice and how we're able to uh, kind of expose that entire universe for their brand and gain a following for them through that lens too. If you are a longtime listener of Modern Day Marketer or you're new to the show, if you are interested in exploring the juice, you just heard from the person that you're going to be talking to. It. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll, we'll put Kate's uh, info in the show notes. So don't uh, hesitate to reach out. I promise she will not bite. Um, but Kate, thank you. I appreciate um, you sharing kind of, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of salespeople out there who can relate with some of the roadblocks uh, you're going through and how you're overcoming them. We'll have to get you back on sooner than a year or whenever the last episode <laughs> is, but uh, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Kate and I have a weekly one-on-one -on -one where we catch up, but we don't necessarily dive into topics like we covered today. So this was very beneficial to me, hopefully was helpful to you. Are you doing content distribution? How are you doing it? Would love to hear from you. You can hit me up on Twitter at Indy McGrath, at mention, slide in those DMs. I will respond to you. Thank you so much for taking some time 
start your week with Modern Day Marketer. You know there is going to be more coming on the other side of this. Check out a new episode on Friday with a marketer that matters. Peace out, take care, and we'll talk to you soon.